Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Bang, I bang. do let you bang. I let you bang. Let you bang. Let you bang. Greetings, marriage of virgins. Go for Jesus. No for gay Jesus, people. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? Hey, welcome to the Brando MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the Ween Dog. What's up, dude? On Don Fry. What's up? We're waiting on Don Fry. We are also waiting on Greg Wilson, who just showed up. Uh, and we're waiting on Ian Heinish. And uh, we got Darren Elkins. We got a packed show. Greg Wilson has a new background. I like it. I like it. Um, it's going to be a great show. Uh, Greg is, is tuning in right now. My daughter is in my room uh, playing with me. Uh, great. Great. Uh, I'm in the mountains, actually, with my wife uh airbnb my wife's mom has like a cabin uh hey, oh. how are you hi violet there's a little baba pie she's so cute all right so uh <laughs> yeah so how's it going uh life is good uh what's the last couple days have been insane people uh it's been like the craziest like four days i've ever had in my life uh well not ever but it's, it's been i was gonna say that's saying a lot as someone who's familiar <laughs> With your life in New York, that is saying a lot. Uh, okay, so uh, a couple of them. By the way, so uh, real quick, uh, my kid loves Puppy Dog Pals, which is uh, a cartoon on a um, really, really funny cartoon. These two pugs that go out like save the day. And Harlan Williams is the creator of it. It's a great cartoon. And he, he made a video for my kid like two years ago and, uh-huh. where he, he like made a video for her and he's like, but she was too young for it when he did like the voices. Right. It was still on my phone. But for some reason, I erased all these videos on my phone. And I'm like, hey, want to see the video? Blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't find it. And then she's like, I want to talk to Bingo and Rolly. So it's crying. So I, <laughs> so I called him. I got his number. I called him like 10 minutes ago. I never spoke to him before, like on the phone in my life. And I'm like, he's like, hey, how's it going, Adam? I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, I'm with my daughter. She wants to talk to Bingo and Rolly. He started dying laughing and he did, he did the voices, but then she got shy and started like crying. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> not, like scared, of course. But uh, shout out to Harlow Williams for doing that. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. That's very cool of him. Uh, totally cool. So thank you, Harlan. For- Harlan Williams is one of those guys that has such a unique delivery style, vocal quality, physical attributes he's one of those guys when they say he could read a phone book and it's going to be funny. He's one of those guys, you know, 
you give anything and he's going to, you know, read it in his weird, I can't even do an impression, but you know, in his style and, and it's just, it's just funny. It's just, he's just one of those guys. He always like, whenever I would host, I'd bring him up. And he always wants to be brought up as Bill from Fresno. Like, like he never, <laughs> like you can't give him any credit. Yeah. And, and then his entire show is like improvised. And it is so funny. Like, I'm crying. I don't even know what I'm laughing at. Like that's like, what I'm saying. Like he can do, he can read the, he can do anything, and it's gonna be funny because he himself is just such a character. <laughs> yeah, such a. And guy. it's not a fake character. This is him. That's who he, he sounds that way. You talk to him at the bar, the improv. He it sounds exactly the same. Like that's genuinely. And it, I wish I had that quality. I wish I didn't have to fucking write punchlines. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, uh, so I shot my special for the UFC last week. Uh, it went great. I can't talk about it too much, but uh, man, it was uh, what an experience. First of all, I'll talk a little bit about it. So I was so worried it was gonna get canceled because of COVID. Because I, I had to take like four tests. And I, and I took the test with the fighters, like on Zoom. It's like eight at a time, right? So it's me, it's like Kenny Johnson. It's like all these, it's the guy that just beat Sean O'Malley. He was on a test with me. What's his name? Uh, uh, Cheeto Vera. Vera, all these like uh, Alex Nicholson, all these like tough fighters, and there's eight of us doing the Zoom test, and I'm putting the swab up my nose, and I start sneezing and coughing, and having like a you know, and the lady's like, okay, take it, and I'm ha I'm having like a panic attack. Uh, uh, uh. Everyone else is just like, dude, dude. I felt like the biggest. I can't even be a tough on Zoom taking a COVID test. Like that's compared to these guys. Like I'm the biggest pussy in the history of COVID. Can you explain how a Zoom COVID I, I, test I, I, works? I sneezing, right? I think they just want to see you do it. Box, oh, okay. They, it's not like they're, they're reaching through the Zoom. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, did you think they were reaching through the Zoom? They're like, all right, turn, tilt your head back. No, I just don't understand why you were on a Zoom call with like a bunch of fighters just to get a COVID test. It just didn't make sense to me. Anyone else to like have to like take it for them, you know? So they would have to see you take it, um, and then they when they see you take it, you have to take it like four of them beforehand, and it's like nine in the morning, and people are like groggy, and I'm having I'm I kept sneezing during the whole thing like thirty seven times in a row, uh, yeah. That was so then before this, so then I keep thinking I'm watching the news, or like everything is closing, like it's, I feel like the whole world was closing up until my block. Like it just kept getting closer and closer and they're like, they're gonna cancel this. They're gonna cancel this. They're gonna cancel this. Finally, they have it, uh, they don't cancel it. And before before the, I, I go there, I do all this like backstory with Forrest Griffin, it's really fun. I get to the, they, they turn the whole apex into a comedy theater. Like, and I did the walkout, like it was badass, right? Before that I go, all right, here are the fighters that are gonna be there, right? Cause they only have the fighters that were kind of on the card because of, all the COVID, I couldn't even bring my wife. I, I couldn't get anyone cleared. I, all these fighters wanted to come. Like, I, you have to take a test that day, day before, day before. So the fighters that were cleared, they were like uh, Travis Brown. I'm like, that dude hates me. I'm like blocked on everyone. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is turning into a very Adam story. I love because it. he said that him and uh, because him and Ronda Rousey said they did anal sex, and I'm like, well, afterwards you couldn't walk for three weeks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Then they have Mike Perry. That's there. just a good joke. I mean, like, it is clearly Mike a joke. Mike Perry's there. I'm like, great. Yes. I'm like, is my fourth grade fucking 
you know, science teacher there who hates me and all my exes, like who else are you bringing, right? So let me just say Mike Perry and, uh, and, his, and his girlfriend sat in the front and I had like, I don't know, 30 Mike Perry jokes and he was the best sport. He was laughing at everything. He was the coolest person. I mean, and I was going after him. I don't want to spoil it. I want you all to see the special, but man, and people were worried. People came up to me. They're like, oh, I was worried about the Mike Perry thing because he was like right next to me. He could have just attacked me, but no. And he even tweeted after like, man, that was a funny motherfucker. And uh, he was cool as shit. So I get why people like Mike Perry, like in person. He, and, and, uh, and we can cut to his walkout because you texted me. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Greatest walkout in the history, in the history of the game. There's <laughs> never been a greater walkout. The way he owned it, and I, I can't, because he knew all the words and was really into it. I can't help feeling like maybe that was his first choice. No. And they had a cute up and then he went to like another song, but they never changed it or something. Because he really, it, listen, if I'm walking out and you put on Halo, I'm not going to know any of the words. I'm not going to be able to fucking like get all. I, I, he was amazing. It was hysterical. Funniest thing in the whole thing. I'm pretty sure what happened was him and Caitlin Chukagan's songs got mixed up. Because she came out to DMX, Where the Hood At. So, oh, that does make sense then. Hilarious. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I'm not. But he know. knew every word to Halo. He knew now, every I word. Have, I don't have the inside track on this, but it just makes sense that I don't think she's coming out to DMX. And I don't think, and I could see her coming out to Halo. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that too. Yeah, that'll make more sense. So, uh, so then, by the way, so. A little backstory about the, about this special, right? So eleven years ago, my first year writing the MMA awards, right? Um, you know, I was like the rookie on the thing. They were like the, the other guys were like torturing me. The other writers were coming in stone, making me write everything, taking all the food out of my fridge, and they're like, "Don't worry, uh, we'll replace it later." So I had to pay for everything. I put myself up. It was a fucking brutal, right? But you know, I I gave it my best. Before the special, before the, the award started, they go, "Hey, Adam." Will you go out and warm up the crowd? And I'm like, oh, this would be like my big thing. Dana White's gonna be there, all the fighters. I'm gonna go out there and rip it. They're gonna get, I'm gonna get like a standing ovation. It's gonna be, this is it. This is, this is it. <laughs> I go out there. I go out there. Nobody's, everyone's talking. No, everyone's standing up greeting each other. They think I, they, I got no intro or whatever. No give it up for, people think I'm the sound guy testing the microphones, right? Uh, one person's paying attention. Ariel Hawani is watching me bomb like no one's ever bombed. <laughs> and he's taking notes for a story. And I only know that because, because like a couple months later, I roasted him on Twitter and he goes, that was really funny. Just like you were at the MMA awards. Like, so he fucking got me back. Like, like fucker. Right. And like, no, it was, I was depressed for like two months. Like I did I was, I came out of there. Like it was, I was shocked. Like, what the fuck just happened? I'm sure, Greg, as a comic, you've been in there where you're like, this was supposed to go really well, and it didn't. Oh, happen. it's the worst. It's the worst. And then you walk around with it all night, too. Like, God, what the fuck, man? What the fuck happened? Brutal. Fucking... Brutal. Brutal. Right? Yeah. And then, so now, 12 years later. Don't got, two months. Months. So it, was, it only took you two months, so it wasn't your worst bomb. Right. Thank, you. Thank you, Don Fry. Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so this was actually like... I missed you. I missed you too, man. By the way, happy birthday. It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Yeah. 
Yeah, to the greatest. To the greatest. Yeah, you don't want to stay on the Thank you very much. So, yeah, so then it felt good to have you and Elvis. It felt good to have somewhat of a comeback here. You know, like finally, like like a redemption of just like actual people actually paying attention and wanting to see a show. And it was still hard. People had their masks on during the show. It wasn't like a normal special, but uh, me being in the situation of, of just grinding and grinding and grinding, it went really, really well. Dana wrote me some really nice texts afterwards, so I, I'm, I'm super, super happy. Uh, so, I, so then I go out with Brett Ernst afterwards, me, Brett, and I met him, Ed, and, uh, and that, that's, so that that's going to get you in trouble. And, and uh, Brett Ernst, by the way, he always reminds me of the time. So when I first came to, move to L.A., Brett invited me to come over to watch this Tyson fight. It was me, Brett, uh, the guy from Entourage, Turtle, who I, I didn't know him, a couple other people, right? So I don't know, being from New York, when someone invites you to a party, I, I invited other people. Like, I, I didn't know that, like, <laughs> in LA, you don't really invite other people to parties. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to your party, I'll, I'll bring some friends, right? So, but I, I, I get there and I forgot that I invited two of my friends, right? And I forgot this, well, the fight's on and I see my two friends walk and you could see like a window and I can see them walk to the door. And I'm like, uh, hey, Brett, is it cool if uh, Mike and Dave come? He's like, yeah, cool. So I get up, open the door and Mike and Dave are there. And Brett's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, what if I said no? <laughs> exactly. It's like, great, because here they are. Yeah, it was like right out of a fucking sitcom. So then fucking, I, I, I land and Henry Cejudo texts me and he goes, hey man, want to come to a party at Mike Tyson's manager's house, right? So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he's a concealed beach. So I land, I drive all the way to fucking, oh, Dana Point. Drive Dana Point. Uh, Mike Tyson's manager is like a character and a fucking half. It's like, I mean, him and Don Fry might be the two biggest characters I know. This dude has story after story after story, all insane. Whether it's Mike Tyson or Van Damme. He told me a Van Damme story where like Van Damme wanted to go train, wanted to meet Team Alpha Male, right? And it was a week after Cody Nolove gets knocked out by TJ. So Van Damme shows up to training and tries to teach Cody Nolove a kick, right? And he goes, check this out. And he just kicks him in the face. Kicks him in the face. <laughs> and Cody just got concussed a week before. My teeth, like, knocked out. So he flips out. Like, what the fuck, man? Van Damme starts crying. Like, like, like lays down. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, I didn't mean to do that. My, right? But his, his, whoever's with him takes a video. And just takes a video and, and posts a video of him kicking Cody in the face. But not the part of him crying afterwards and saying, I'm sorry. So now Cody's even fucking more pissed. It looks like Van Dam kicked him in the face. Uh, Don, did you ever deal with like stunt people that go too hard? Don. Uh, shit. Now you're forcing me to think, man. Now you're forcing me to think. No, but I did a <laughs> uh, fight scene with um, Tom Sizemore. And uh, the whole time Tom Sizemore's uh, kind of threatening me, saying, yeah, I got five brothers, you know, they'll show up, anything happens to me, you know, my five brothers, and he's kind of buffing around, being shit to everybody, you know, on set, you know, all the extras and everything, and so we're doing our scene, and I just kind of tapped him in the liver, you know, <laughs> and he, he behaved himself up. <laughs> Yeah, Sizemore had that Hollywood reputation to try to act like a real tough guy. 
when he was on sets. Did somebody told me that yeah. He's a fucking whack guy. I'll tell you. I say from Private Ryan, I heard he. What happened? Uh, go, go on. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do okay, your um your party invitation. Oh my god, <laughs> this is going great. Adam is in the woods right now. His, his Wi-Fi is a little bit slower than usual. Yeah. Oh, that Fuck was it. Sorry, no. I, There's like I a latency uh, delay. Job in. Yeah, dude, Tom Sizemore. I invited a couple friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just stop for 10 seconds, and then Adam will be the first one to reply. 10 seconds of silence. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, go, Adam. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. All right, so Tom Sizemore, I heard on Saving Private Ryan, went down and, like, fucked a bunch of, like, Thai hookers or something and came back with like herpes all over his face, uh, like some weird fungus. And they had to like prolong shooting for two weeks. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah. Well, you don't get that on your face from fucking him. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> it's from wiping your face with it. Like a you get real close. idiot. Yeah, uh, you gotta get real close eye level, you know, in your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's rule one. Rule one, you never go down on a hooker. That's rule number one. Ah. Right, so then Mike Tyson's right. manager, Tyson's manager then asked me, uh, hey, I'm doing a, something with William Shatner tomorrow on Tyson's thing. Can you write me some jokes for William Shatner for this commercial? So I write him like, and he, and he offered me some money like on the spot. So I wrote like 30 jokes at this party. I just kept going, blah, 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 blah. So that was pretty cool. So I got to work with, with Shatner and, and, and Tyson. Uh, and then, then I fucking drive to, to San Diego the next day to do a sketch with Dominic Cruz. And funny, Cruz is like, I love Dominic Cruz because you really get what you pay for with that guy. Like there, there's no bullshit with Dominic Cruz because he comes down and he's like, all right, Adam, I don't find this funny. I don't get it. I don't get your vision. I don't want to be here, but, uh, but you know what? Let's do it. And I'm like, uh, we're up <laughs> like that sounds that sounds like most of my dates. <laughs> Back when I was single, they'd be like, you know, I don't find any of this funny. You're you look like you're a fucking thing, but uh, but I'm already here. Let's have dinner. But you know what, Dominic was a great sport. He fucking he thank he wrote me a nice thing saying thank you for my leadership. But he was he was awesome. He pulled it out. The sketch is gonna be great. So I give Dominic so much credit because he was really like out of this wheelhouse. And, uh, and he killed it. He's just such a perfectionist, you know? So it was me, him, and Phil Davis in the sketch. What's up, people? The wait is finally over. Football is back. Look, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. I start off by wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So then the next day, I drove to uh, Fresno with my dog, and I'm I'm walking my dog at, at night, four in the morning, and he falls off the bed, and then he can't get up. I'm walking him, and he just he just he just lay, and his eyes are closed. So I thought he was dead. And I'm like, Miles, get up, get up. And I just started bawling. Uh, but uh, he got up after that and he's, he's, he's okay. 
So and then you really started crying. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn it, I thought I was done with this shit. Fuck. All right, let, oh, me, let, me, let, me, let me put on some shoes. Take this dog for a fucking 4 a.m. walk. I thought I was going to get to take a piss and get back in bed. But uh, here we go. So here I am, man. How are you, Greg? I'm good, man. You know, the Cowboys finally got a win this last weekend. That was very exciting. And I wanted all my fantasy league. So, was, so uh, for me, it was a great weekend. And Don, how are you? I'm doing okay, partner. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got a picture of you. I'm doing okay. Nice, nice. And Wean Dog, how are you doing? What's that? Wean Dog, how are you? I am doing great. Over the weekend, I ate the world's hottest tortilla chip. It's called the One Chip Challenge. It's this tortilla chip you order off the internet it costs like twenty dollars and it is caked on with like the world's hottest pepper the carolina reaper it's caked on with like carolina reaper dust and i ate it for like a youtube video and it was one of the most painful experiences i've ever had in my life and you can go watch that youtube video on my youtube channel the joe perez show that's what i did somehow i feel like you deserve that <laughs> now now, now when you did it i mean how long did it take for you to eat it and how long did it feel hot in your mouth it was hot mouth. like it was burning hot like excruciating mouth pain for an hour and then three hours after that pain it was just my stomach was in just it felt like knives were in my stomach and i was projectile vomiting and i had explosive <laughs> diarrhea it was the worst experience of my life and and you did this of your own volition like this was your idea yes 100 percent because I've heard about this challenge. I've heard about people doing it. But I mean, I thought it was, it, I mean, this is like a couple of years ago. I thought the people were, were doing this. Is this still going on? It's Well, the company is called Packoy. Packoy, they make these hot ass chips. And each year they make a hotter chip than last year. So the 2020 chip is the hottest chip so far. And it's like, it's a pitch black tortilla chip. It smells like shit. It looks like shit. And it feels like shit. And it seems like it's a well, problem. <laughs> that's it for me dude fights that happened over the weekend uh perez uh versus uh uh division right uh how good is this guy i mean it just seems like this guy's on another level uh don i mean freak is anyone gonna beat this guy for a while what do you think Nah, it'll probably be a couple years. Um, give, it all depends on his attitude, you know, because uh, it happened to me, it happened to Coleman, Kerr, you know. Um, everybody gets cocky, you know, and you slough off, you know, and then and then you get your ass kicked, and then and then uh, <laughs> and then you the whole world the whole world gets to see whether you're man enough to climb back up the hill, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, this guy, this guy looks like he's next level. A lot of people fold. And now, did you think that Perez could have got yeah, a lot of people fold and everything? Yeah. Now, do you think that, <laughs> and now it looked like Perez was almost out of that guillotine. Almost like this close, but I guess he couldn't handle it. He couldn't hang in there. That choke must have been that strong because he, he tapped. I mean, but it did look like he, I mean, like milliseconds of his head slipping out. And I think the dryness, it being so early, worked against him. I'd like to see a rematch. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's, it's hard to get a rematch when a guy. You think Perez would? Yeah. Oh, Perez, obviously. <laughs> That's all he's thinking right now. Is like, why did I hold on for one more half a second? Just get it out of there. But he, he couldn't get it out. He tapped. And uh, Maya looked okay, but it's just crazy when somebody wins one round out of five and people keep saying how good they're looking. You know, like... <laughs> like, yeah, she won a round, but... She and she didn't look that good at the end of the fight. Her face was mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Shevchenko was just trying to work on her wrestling. Like, it was almost like a drill, almost, where she could have beaten her on her feet, but she's like, no, I'm going to work on wrestling today. Uh, it was it was a little strange. Everyone kept yeah, Shevchenko's like uh, John Jones, you know? They're so far ahead of everybody else. They just try shit out in the uh, octagon, you know, see what the hell they can come up with, what they can invent, what new move, you know? Crazy. It was crazy. I felt like I felt like after in after that second round, where she which was the round that she lost, I felt like she was like, okay, she's not hurting me when she does this, but it certainly looks like she's controlling the fight. So I'm gonna do it to her first so that I don't lose any more fucking rounds. To me, it seemed like a very calculated decision uh in terms of optics and winning the fight. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um Mike Perry. Man, it's just that guy. He's, <laughs> oh. so he's so talented, kind of. He's got natural ability. It seemed like he was throwing arm punches, though, in the third. Like, he wasn't really. Yeah, he got tired. He was, um, and then also missing weight by five pounds and then dabbing on the scale. Yeah. I don't need. Uh, come on. That was weird. That was really. I was. But Tim Means, I was waiting for Tim Means to get hurt and go down. And he was rocked. But. I don't know, man. I, I I know Mike Perry is committed to his girlfriend slash trainer, but <laughs> having a real camp with a real trainer might really help this dude. Yeah, that'd be a complete game changer for Mike Perry because, you know, he won his last fight with his girlfriend in the corner, but, dude, he got to do something. He got to get a real camp. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like he was wholly uh, yeah, depending he on that right hand to knock him out. And then he connected with it, and Tim Bean stood was still there. And I think at that point, that that, that was pretty much the end of his game plan. Don, what are you saying? Yeah, he's just throwing his shit against the wall, see what sticks. And right now, it's more more shit than his wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're the greatest. The greatest. The greatest. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't you know what happened. You can't have, you can't have somebody in your corner who you're fucking. You know, that's all there is to it. Because uh, one, they really, they're not going to commit to pushing you hard, you know. Um, and then also if if uh, she's controlling the checkbook, you're really fucked. Trust me, I know that one. <laughs> And, uh, I don't know what happened with Cynthia Cavillo because normally her wrestling is so dominant and she just takes people down and she was content to be in, in a striking fight with this girl who's a karate expert or a black belt karate. I don't know what she was thinking. I, I don't know if she was her leg was injured. She fights injured a lot, but it, she didn't even go for one takedown. It was crazy. Like that, that should have been... I, I don't understand. Dom. You know what was funny was it really felt like like uh, 
what's his name? The commentator was trying to coach her from the the side. Yeah. Like he he really was. He kept saying the same things over and over again, and he kept getting louder with it. Like he was clearly trying to tell her directly, hey, get you know, you're staying out at a range. You got to get inside. You got to take her down. Like he kept saying it over and over again, and the girl just wouldn't take the hint. No, no, no. Uh, Don, remember I told you about that, <laughs> I told that fighter, Ian Heinish. So this guy right here has the craziest story I've ever heard in MMA, okay? He was a state champion wrestler. Then he was dealing ecstasy. He got busted for dealing ecstasy, like pounds and pounds. He was looking at prison time. So he flees to Europe. He goes to Europe. Then he's living on the beat. All right. Uh, he's homeless. He ran into some Colombian people that took him in. Next thing you know, he's smuggling cocaine up balloons up his asshole. Okay. From, from England to uh, Colombia. He gets, he gets busted. He gets thrown in a prison. And uh, I think, I don't even know where the prison was. He becomes captain of the prison kickboxing. Wait, he's taking wait, he's he's taking cocaine from England to Colombia. Uh, well, we're, we're gonna let him, we're gonna let we're gonna let him answer all this after I, I finish, right? So he, he puts balloons up his asshole. Uh, oh. He then gets thrown in, in prison in the Canary Islands. He becomes captain of the prison kickboxing team, beats everybody up. They get mad. They <laughs> go to another prison where he becomes captain of the wrestling team. He gets transferred to Rikers Island. Uh, a, uh, a drug lord uh, fucking uh, gets a drug lord. There's an SOS, which means stab on sight thing for him. All right. His mom sells her house, bails him out of jail, out of Rikers Island. Now here he is, ranked third in the world in the UFC uh, 10 years later. Ian, do I have that right? Um, kind of. <laughs> it was generally pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, no, the I definitely wasn't taking cocaine from uh, from England to Colombia. It would be the other way around. And uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sticking it up my ass. It's called the prison wallet. No, I'm just kidding, man. It was we would swallow it and then we would uh, you know go to the bathroom and get it out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, different process there. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of had it right on, you know, I mean, I was, I was locked up. I got detained in the Canary Islands and, um, you know, they had a great wrestling program and, um, I, I, I just excelled at that. And then I got transferred Con Air to the North of Spain where they had a boxing program. And, um, you know, I did very well there and then they let me start my own MMA program and then, uh, transferred back to Rikers when I did my time, I did two and a half years and, and then I did a few months in Rikers and, and by the grace of God was pulled out of there, um, extradited back by the U.S. Marshal to Colorado. Uh, my mother posted bail February 14th, Valentine's Day. And, um, you know, and and now I, I made it to I broke into the top 10. Now I'm sitting at a uh, top 15 and uh, got a big fight coming up fighting Kelvin Gastelum. He's the number eight ranked middleweight in the UFC fighting him uh, January 30th. So. Uh, super pumped, man. You know, he he actually was putting uh, <laughs> putting cupcakes in balloons, but then just eating them. Uh, <laughs> hey, let me ask you, the balloon thing, when it comes out, does it feel different? Like when you're when you're shitting it out, like do you feel like, oh, there it is, that's the balloon? Or do you have to like take a look and be like, oh, that is the balloon? 
Um, you know, I would I would describe it like uh, if you were playing an old casino machine and it, you know you pulled it and you hit the jackpot and it was like da 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 da. Okay. Um, so that's that's the best way I can describe that. And uh, you know you you know it's money. You know what I'm saying? You know you, know you kind of hit the jackpot. So uh, and you survived at that point. You also survived. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, the first time I went down there, the Colombians wrapped the stuff for me. And, uh, you know, it was I mean, when one of them was close to breaking. So when we when we pulled it out. So ever since that time, I wrapped my own stuff. Um, I put on extra layers and, uh, you know, those those held very well. But it's just crazy when you look back and see the risks that you took, um, you know, to make a buck. Yeah, for real. You're like a Marvel superhero. Like I like, <laughs> like they they train. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you're here with Don Fry. Don Rikers. I mean, I mean, you really yeah. are, like the American. When it talks about prison reform, it's crazy how they have wrestling teams in prison. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool because it was a. Uh, it's very unique, you know, because it is called Lucha Canaria and it's it's only native to the Canary Islands. And it's very similar to how the the Senegalese, the Africans, they have this wrestling style and you kind of wear a gi. Um, you roll the gi up and you, you, you lock shoulder to shoulder. You grab their gi, they grab yours. And uh, it's best out of three takedowns. Um, and you literally have to beat the whole team. Um, it's whoever it's like last man standing. So you, once you get taken down twice, you're eliminated. The next guy comes. So there's no weight classes and, uh, you literally have to beat, you have to take out the whole team to win. So it's like wrestling in a, it's like a team wrestling sport. It was very interesting. And, uh, you know, I loved it, man. It was fun. It was in the gladiator pit. You were in the sand, uh, and the whole prison would come and watch. And, and we had professional teams come off the street. Me and one other guy, he was from Chicago. He had a wrestling background, too. We beat the whole professional team. Guys would get paid on the street. Uh, the president of the Federation of Lucha Canaria wrote the uh, warden of the prison and said, keep this Americans because we want to sign them when, when they're free. And, uh, you know, they were like not having it, man. They that really bothered them that Americans come in and, and beat them at their own sport. And um, basically that later that night, I got a bag thrown in my face uh, and they said, pack your shit. You're, you're, you're on the next plane to uh, the north of Spain. And um, they kicked us right out of there. Now, did you wrestle other prisons? Uh, no, we didn't wrestle other prisons. We were on an island, and we were the only prison on that island. So, um, But we wrestled a, a, a team that was actually a professional team that made money. You know, that's what they did for a living. And so they would come into the prison, and we kind of have like an exhibition duel. And uh, one of them we beat and one we lost to at the very end. It was like a 300-pound guy at the end. He just like picked me up and just dumped me. So – um, but other than that, um, yeah, we beat a team, so it was pretty cool. And then you were now, what was the Spanish boxing team like at the boxing prison team? <clears throat> the boxing team was awesome. This guy was a world champ, uh, smaller guy, kind of reminded me of uh, like Mickey from uh, from Rocky, you know, like uh, just, just a crazy old guy, but really good technique. And uh, we would box, and actually, the whole prison would come and they would watch these exhibition fights. and um, it was pretty cool, man. And, and if you weren't getting in trouble constantly, they would put you on a respect mod and then the respect mod, you had three activities and I would do boxing, boxing, weightlifting. So it was basically like a training camp full time. And then eventually they let me actually start an MMA program. And, 
Um, I ran that and, you know, there was a lot of Brazilians and, and Cubans and, and all different people that would come there. And it was, and, and they actually let me run it. And, and if people had beef, they would come to my class and I would let them fight. And, you know, we kind of got away with it because we, we'd have black guys and, and, and stuff like that. But we're like, oh, training, Don. Yeah, it was so good. Training's so good. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it was a pretty cool situation, man. I wish uh, prisons in America had, you know, some kind of reform. Because after we train so hard, the last thing we want to do is get in another fight um, with someone who could potentially have a knife. Uh, I mean, it gave us an opportunity, man. All, all these kids uh, are, are still pursuing some MMA aspirations. And um, it's pretty cool to see that I made it to the UFC and uh, pursuing to get that belt. Greg, isn't this a crazy story? Wild, man. That's really, and I mean, I've done a lot of wild, stupid shit, but uh, none of it from inside of a jail. So that's that's great, man. No, and what you're saying is very true. I mean, it's great they have these programs. It's a great way for you guys to do the stuff and, you know, uh, use up all that energy instead of just Mm -hmm. uh, letting it turn into violence that winds up, you know, killing each other. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. Now, what happened in Rikers Island? So a gang member came up to you and got in your face? Yeah, so Rikers was crazy, man. You know, I... I, fi- I did my time. I signed a paper that I wouldn't come back to Spain, what I thought, but actually it was the EU, the whole European Union. I wasn't allowed to come back for five oh, wow. years, and it actually cut off one-fourth of my sentence, a quarter of it. So instead of having to do three and a half years, I only had to do two years and about four months. And uh, then they extradited me back to the States, and I was actually free for the first time in two and a half years, except they gave my passport to the flight attendant. Uh, who gave it to the captain and I was on this plane like freaking out like man I'm free but I had I ran from felony warrants of drug of uh, drug trafficking so I knew the freedom was short-lived and um, once I landed in New York you know I, I let the guy scan my passport they gave me my passport um, and they said sir how long have you been out the country and I was like a while and they were like well what's a while and I was like five years and they were like yeah come with us obviously red flags um they took me in the back. They put me in a Jamaica Queens jail for about four days until Colorado got back to them. And um, I went to court and the, the judge said, you have no bail, no chance of bail. And uh, you're going to Rikers Island. My public defender then sat me down and said, you need to go to protect custody. You don't understand. Rikers Island is like not a place for white boys to go. And I, I didn't know what Rikers was at the time. And, you know, I kind of had the mentality then. I just did two and a half years in prison. Like, what, could, what else could they throw at me? So I figured, you know, you throw me at the wolves, I'll lead the pack. So I was like, I ain't going to protect the custody. Then they, um, they ended up taking me to maximum security because I was a fugitive, which was, you know, the worst of the worst in Rikers. Oh. And um, I get oh. there and right away, gangs are swarming my cell. Hey, white boy, where'd you come from? Blah, blah, blah. You want drugs? You want this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, get out of here. And uh, every day, man, that was probably the hardest part of my sentence, man. It was, you know, constantly looking over my Is it me or is it his Wi-Fi? Yeah, I, I think it's his for there for a minute. It'll should, hopefully we'll get it back online here in a second. Crazy story, right? Insane. I mean, Dom, this, yeah. this Wi Fi makes yours look pretty good. <laughs> it's another Wi Fi episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dom, what do you think about Ian Heinrich's story so far? It's pretty damn good, man. Jeez, it's uh, shit. Uh, pretty damn interesting. It makes 
makes all my stories look look uh, like boring. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes your stories look boring. Ian, are you still with us? Can you hear us, Ian? I want to find out the rest of the story. I want to see what happened. Right Give him a minute to reconnect. Dude, I, I can't wait for the uh, limited series. <laughs> yeah, if this this kind of story, if this doesn't become a, a, a series on Netflix or Hulu, somebody, I mean, come on, this everything's done for you. You know, it's it's amazing in and of itself. I mean, it's like Game of Thrones. It is a script like that Game of Thrones when he gets picked up by like he beats the whole other team until this three hundred pound monster comes out and picks him up and throws <laughs> on the ground. I mean, come on, it's all there. All you got to do is connect the dots. This is a fucking paint by numbers. It's so brilliant. Wait, wait, wait. We see that movie thirty years ago, Romancing the Stone. Oh yeah, that's a classic. That's a Michael Douglas classic. Wait, isn't that it? He's fighting all of all them guys down there in Africa, and then the monster comes out. Wait, he stole this story. Wait a second. Uh, <laughs> you feel like the UFC is dropping the ball by not telling the story, or, or like letting people know because no one even knows about this but me and like three other people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> Dude, they can make so much money. Like yeah, they should produce so it. They should produce it, exactly. And put it on the fight pass. Right? I mean, don't you feel like these are the kind of stories people are like, holy yeah. shit. Like, I can't believe it. Ian, are you still with us? Uh, ma'am. All right, so we got Darren Elkins. Is with yeah, I'm gonna, give me his number. I'm going to produce the damn story. <laughs> Dude, do it. It's, it's, that's, I mean, geez Louise. It's, it's four movies in one. It's crazy. Darren Elkins is here. Darren is murdering somebody in the woods right now. Uh, Darren, how are you? I'm good. How are you? What's up, Adam? Good. Congrats on your last fight, man. That was awesome. So happy you got the win because uh, you're such a great fighter and you've been through so many through hell. Uh, so, uh, by the way, all right. So, Ian Harness is back. We got five minutes with Ian. Uh, well, Darren, listen to this. It's crazy. Right? All right. So, you got up to Rikers Island. All right, so now they put you to Rikers, right? Ian, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry about that. So you're there, and then what happens? Yeah, so I mean, I'm in Rikers Island, you know, and and like I said, the Spanish kind of saved me, you know, because you get to this point where you're sitting at lunch, and, you know, a lone wolf gets eaten in there, and uh, luckily the, the Latin kings kind of embraced me, took me in because I spoke to them in, in, in their native tongue, and, uh, you know, I it was like I said, it was a fight every day, but about two months in, um, you know, they're constantly pulling me out, taking me to court, which is just a terrible thing. Cause you got to bend over cough. Like you got to do, do all like they feed you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that are the nastiest things ever. And you sit in the holding cell for eight hours. And, uh, uh and then I would sit there all day and they would say, all right, you don't have uh, no court hearing and a lawyer's not going to see you. So basically they were just sending me there for eight hours and then taking me back. They did this like three days in a row. And I, eventually I was like, I'm not going. And they were like, oh yeah, you're going, we're going to tase you. And so I went and I came back with a really bad attitude that day. And one of the, one of the gang, uh, the other gangs asked me to use my phone. And I basically told them like, no nah, man, no one's using nothing. Like, leave me alone. And, uh, he said, all right, meet me in the back white boy. And, uh, 
I met him in the back. I thought we were going to throw hands because he's seen me like shadow boxing to myself a few times. And um, he's like, you box, you think you fight? You, we fight for real on the streets. And I was like, okay, man, cool. And uh, right away he pulls out a knife, a rusty, gross looking blade. And, uh, you know, I learned a few prison tricks uh, in my day. And so I just got real close and I was like, no, man, please don't hurt me, man, please. And boom, I caught him right on the chin and he went down and, uh, and he went flat on his face. All his brothers came running up and, uh, thank God, man, like three Puerto Rican dudes stood in front and they were like, yo, white boy with us, he got heart. You mess with him, you mess with us, homie. And they backed down for the moment which Rikers was a scary place because the guards would literally come in and be like, what up, blood? What up? Like they were like in the same gang. Cause uh, you know, these guys were from the same block. I mean, it was wild in there and they would, they had no problem turning the cold shoulder to uh, someone getting, you know, basically killed in there. I would say one to two people died a week in there uh, when I was in there. And um, so eventually I went back to my cell, the, the, the Hispanics came up to me. They told me, look, man, we like you, but you ain't one of us. So we can't protect you anymore. The the bloods, they have SOS on you. And, uh, you know, I, I feared for my life, man. I told the guard, I said, Hey man, get me out of here. You know, I got to go to protect custody. These guys are going to kill me. And I'll never forget, man. He said, F you white boy, boom, slammed the door in my face. And, uh, that night, man, I stayed up all night praying and, uh, assembling weapons, armor, you know, trying to, to, to move stuff around where they had to come in through a certain like little row. So, you know, basically like 300 style, I was trying to funnel them. And cause I knew they were, they were going to open my cell door first and they were going to come rush me. And about 5.00 AM, the doors opened at six, uh, came three big football player looking dudes. And it was the U S Marshal, And they said, Heinish. And I was like, jumped up all nervous. And they were like, let's go. And I was like, who are you guys? And like U S Marshal. And boom, they took me out of there, man. And they were like, you have your passport, anything there you want to get? And I was like, nope. And I had all my stuff, but I was like, let's go. <laughs> he like jumped on their backs, like, give me a piggyback ride. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was like, let's go, man. And uh, and yeah, and then after that, it was a brutal nine days in back of a van, you know, shackled uh, with your hands to your feet. You know, you Oof. couldn't even really straighten your back. You're hunched over. And it was February in New York, and they literally were doing circles around the country like this. Because I guess every time they crossed the state line, they got paid extra. So we went to Pennsylvania, to Vermont. Uh, 24 hours later, we're back in New York. And, uh, you know, they would only let us go to the bathroom every six hours. And the heater was broken in the back. So we were literally freezing. February in New York is cold. East Coast is cold. Yeah. There was ice yeah. on the ceiling. We're literally shivering. And, like, I didn't sleep for the whole nine days. Like, I couldn't. Like, I was just bouncing up and down, started to hallucinate, quit drinking water because I didn't want to have to pee because one time I had to pee so bad, and they were like, no, we got another two hours. And I was like, dude, I can't, like, because they had to stop at a jail to let us go to the bathroom. We couldn't go to, like, a convenience store. And uh, the dude bounced the Gatorade bottle off my head, and he's like, then deal with it. And so I, like, hit my knees and just, like, whipped it out. And it's just, like, pissed all over myself, man. It was super, like, just degrading and just, like, treated like an animal. And finally, after nine days, man, we made it to the uh, Jefferson County. And and uh, I was actually bailed out the next morning. And, uh, you know, I lost so much weight. And, uh, you know, and but I'll never forget that day, man. And that's when, uh, you know, I, I, I found a gym, Factory X, as soon as I could. I started training. And. Four years later, I got in the UFC. Five years later, I, I got into the top 10. 
Wow. Well, listen, nothing. And then you got COVID. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then <laughs> my last fight, I got COVID, um, which sucked. And, you know, I really got it. It was, uh, you know, it was bad flu. And, uh, but I'm happy now because I should be immune for at least three months. So uh, I, I'll be good for my next fight. Hit those dating apps. Listen, Ian, you're uh, you're killing the game. I, I'm so happy. I'm so honored to do this podcast, dude. I'm I'm always gonna be a fan. Uh, and thank you for the inspiration. By the way, did you write, are you writing a book about this? Are you have a movie, a deal? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I've been in touch with a lot of people uh, for a movie, a book. You know, it, it's been a uh, it's it's been an interesting uh, ride trying to navigate through Hollywood. Uh, you know, everyone wants to just sell your life rights and just take the story and run with it however they want. But I'm holding out because I want to I want it to be based on faith. I want it to be inspirational, not just glorify the bad things. And, uh, you know, I want it to be told how it really happened. And I think that's the most uh, interesting and organic way. And uh, so we're, we've been holding out and then COVID hit. We have uh, some people that are very interested. I'm actually going to be on the UFC just started a podcast. So I'll be on that with Megan Olivi. Um coming up and uh so we're gonna get the story out there and we're, we're gonna we're gonna wait uh you know once i get in these big fights main events you know and eventually you don't know, get that belt that's gonna be the cherry on the on the cake and and that's gonna be the solidified full circle of someone's life from rock bottom to the top of uh of the ufc so um the the book and the movie will be coming soon probably uh next 2021 we'll have something solidified so just follow me on social media and uh I'll be posting updates. Thank you, Ian, and uh, have a happy hey, day. Hey, boy, go to get, get hold of somebody, screen, Screenwriters Guild, and you got to write it, and you got to get it trademarked or copied or copyrighted or something. Otherwise, somebody will steal it from you. And, yeah. and um, yeah, you got to cover your ass. ETA, uh-huh. don't trust anybody. And they're like Stallone. Stallone, you know, he wrote Rocky. They wanted to buy it from him. Yeah, and uh, he said, no, I'm going to star in it. So yep. hold to your guns, man. Stick to your guns. But, yeah, you got to gotta copyright that fucking story or somebody's yep. stealing it right now. Yep. Next time you fucking tell it, it's going to be already in process. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for the words of wisdom, Don. Huge fan. Take care, Ian. All right, see you guys. Green Riders. Thank you. Have a good one, man. Good luck, Bart. So we got a guy from Indiana. I think he was like a five-time state champion. Had a record of a hundred and fucking seven and three or something in high school. Guys had millions of UFC fights. Wasn't a full fight. But won his last one. Got me nervous because he stood there and traded punches with that guy. And I was like, no, that was the only way the guy was gonna win. And you still did it. You couldn't help it, Darren. But you, you got, but you fucking beat him up. Almost got the submission. Fucking badass. How are you, Darren Elkins? I feel good, man. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm here with uh, Don Fry, uh, Greg Wilson, and Ween Dog. By the way, Darren's wife also does stand-up comedy and is this, like, sweet-looking girl with a high voice and is the filthiest comic you've ever seen in your life. Talk about, like... Nice. Like, right, like that. I think Darren that's the deal. Is that you think she's, like, the sweet, innocent girl and then you hear the... And then once you start t- call, talking, you're like... Damn, she has a trucker mouth. You know what I mean? So it's just really fun. about the last fight? Uh, you know, I felt I felt like it was a good fight. 
mean, like you said, the third round, he kind of rocked me at the end, man. But, I mean, as soon as he did that, he kind of overcommitted on uh, some punches and took him down, took his back, and uh, I got the submission. I thought I thought I was going to real naked choke him, dude. I knew he was going to be tough. He had fast hands. He was, uh, you know, he walked up that over and over again, too. Uh, he was a little bit stronger getting up on that cage than I thought he'd be. But, you know, other than that, you know, I got I got the takedown record for the featherweight. Um, had some good takedowns, had some good strikes, and uh, – really push the guy's gas tank. Now, you look great, man. I was cheering for you because you're such a nice guy. Greg, this guy, he comes to my show, the nicest guy, like a genuine person, too. And he's just a, such a badass, man. Uh, how's Team Alpha Male doing? How's, how's, your, how, how's your camp? What's going on in Sacramento? Yeah, man. I mean, well, quarantine, like everything. But, you know, the gym's still going good. Um, you know, we still got people fighting pretty often. Um, you know, we had uh, me. Oh, it was Feely, and then it was, and then it was me, and then it was Corey. So I mean, we've been we've been staying busy. I know uh, Sarah McMahon's got a fight coming up. So, I mean, the gym's popping right now, but other than that, man, you know, there's a quarantine thing. Everything's kind of slow. Yeah, hey, of course. Are you in Indiana now, or are you in Sacramento? No, I'm in Sacramento. I don't go back very often to Indiana right now. You know. Yeah, that's now, smart. Especially right now, it's snowing and everything. I mean, if I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back in the summer months. I mean, you'll never catch me in that snow unless I have to, you know. I'll go to Tahoe for like a day or something like that, but I don't want to spend like days on time in the cold weather anymore. Of course. Now, we got to talk about something very, very, very important. Don, especially you, Greg. <clears throat> Mike Tyson fight this week, right? Everybody's like, Everybody's like, Mike Tyson's back. He's looking good. All right. Monday, I don't know if they're trying to, like, lose viewers. All right. Here are the new rules for this fight. No knockouts. Oh, boy. Don, no knockouts allowed. You don't have to knock person. Yeah. Okay. No, no judging. The yep. winner will not be declared. So that I'm, oh, my God. If a cut occurs, the fight's over. If somebody gets cut, the fight's over. So Darren, you, you the fight be over during your walk to the fucking. Oh yeah. Bleeding. <laughs> um, like, no, 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 no. There, are two minute rounds for eight rounds. Israel Adesanya is the commentator, and it's an exhibition, so nobody's allowed to bet. Yeah. Now, how can you outlaw? I mean, if you knock a guy out, you knock a guy out. How can you like? Oh. How can you stop that punch like halfway across the guy's face? I don't get that. Yeah. That's, like, not, that's, that's not going to be an effect. I mean, people always say stuff like that, but we're going to, oh, I didn't mean to hit him that hard. I knocked him out. I didn't mean to knock him out. I mean, what are they going to yeah. say? I tried to pull that punch. Prove me different. You know what I mean? It's going to be a fake fight. It's going to be a fake now. Is it, is it going to be a, a wrestling WWE? Like, what, what are they doing? Like, what, I don't, like, if somebody gets cut, it's over. I mean, it's $50. Yeah. Who's going to pay 50 bucks for this? I don't know. I bet you a lot of people are still going to pay a lot of money for it. People are still going to tune in. May, hopefully they change some of these rules because, I mean, I want to watch it, but that sounds freaking horrible. I mean, is, is, is Gavin Newsom in charge now? I mean, is that <laughs> sounds about right. Have people in there now. Come on. That's why in a non-COVID world, nobody buys this. In a COVID world, <laughs> the fuck else are you doing? What, do you want to yeah. talk to your family for another three hours? 
Fuck that. Everyone's still going to buy it. Yeah, oh. bored and looking for something to do. No, no, exactly. Guys, I was telling the story about when Van Damme kicked Cody No Love in the face at the gym. Yeah. Were you there? Yeah, I wasn't there, but I've heard the stories. I was I was downstairs when it happened. I came back up and I heard those stories and you know, Van Damme was like, oh, apologetic, you know, kind of straight. The Cody's going to go off on him because, you know, you know, Cody is. He doesn't take shit, you know what I mean? So he kicked him a couple times a little bit too hard, and he was in his face. Now, did he start crying afterwards, Van Damme? I heard he started crying. That's what I heard. I heard that he was tearing up. I didn't hear it all out crying, but he was, like, apologizing and tearing up. But, I mean, it's French-Canadian. That's nothing different, you know what I mean? <laughs> And that's expected. I mean, that's like the culture. You know I mean, Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't think about that, Darren. Uh, but I, I, I think you're right about that. Um, all right, let's talk about the fights this weekend. Okay, there's. Oh, by the way, I gotta say before that, the Bellator fight. I honestly think AJ McKee might be the best 45er on the planet, or one of them. He submitted Darian Caldwell. He's in 30 top. seconds. Darren yeah. Caldwell is a national champion right here yeah. with uh, a move I've never seen before. It was like, uh, can we bring that up, Joe? Uh, yeah. Like for, I yeah. mean, this was like, I, holy shit. Did you see that, 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 that exhibition, Darren? Yeah, I did see. I do a, a mm. modern version. I don't, I don't pull it and guard, like hold guard. Like he pulled it all the way into his guard, locked it up. But I do a very similar, like, uh, it's like a neck crank that really torques on your neck slash shoulder really bad. So I tap a lot of people with that move too. So I can, I can imagine, especially with how much length he's got, how much torque he had on it. Wow. I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, AJ McKee has never lost a round. He knocked out Georgie Karakanyan. Now, once again, is Bellator dropping the ball by not by not promoting this guy? All right. So all right, let's uh, right here, uh, Don Fry. Tell me what he's doing wrong here. Keep it, keep it, keep it going. Uh, Darian Caldwell, uh, keep it going, Joe. Oh, I right. can't see it, partner. So got him here. So small. That's it. It's going to come. He's got to reach over his head for almost like a guillotine, guillotine position. He's got to lock it up, right? Yeah. So what? Yeah. So all right. So he should be posturing up, right? That's what Caldwell should be doing. His head's really low, and he needs to keep his head in the center. And when this happens, he keeps his head a little bit lower, and that uh, that lets him wrap up his head. See that it goes to the. Oh, stop. he jumped right into it almost. So what happens? Wow. Is he, he let he let him push his head to the side. Push his head to the side. You do those guillotine or like this is what I like doing too. Is like a modified. Uh, submission it's like a neck crank slash shoulder crank and uh he had to keep his head all the way centered up and a little bit higher like head to head almost for this to be stopped oh so he, if, yeah he had no protection whatsoever i mean yeah like you said you know here uh, uh it's time to get this over us let's go home you know here's the finish Look, he, yeah like he puts his head under his arm like it's almost <laughs> yes it's almost like he volunteered for it. What the wow. fuck? Wow. Uh, yeah, he, Maybe he has a guillotine defense or something like that because he didn't mind putting his head there. I mean, he knew better than that. He's a wrestler. He knew better than that. But I'm sure he hasn't had a lot of people do that crank to him, you know? 
Well, it looks a man. It looks painful as shit. But yeah, it looked like he. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't look like he shoved his head into that position or even maneuvered it. It looks like he willingly like ducked his head under his arm, and then yeah. just found himself in hell. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this kid. My bitch can't do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, shout out to uh, Adrian Mosquito. I mean, the kid's young, and you know his father was a great fighter, and the kid yeah. is really backing up. Just saying. Um, I mean, Bellator's fucking promoting this guy like crazy because he's undefeated and he looks like the star that we think he's going to be. You know. Uh, I mean, he's he's putting on some good shows right now. He has some real talent. You know, I don't think there's a a a huge talent pool in Bellator, but there's definitely some good talent in there. Um, but he, every guy they put in front of him, he's knocking out some men. You know, he's taking them down. He does whatever he wants to him. Um, so, but you know, I was always a big fan of even his dad. You know, I fought in the UFC when he was in, uh, when he was still fighting the UFC. You know, a really good wrestler. I think he brought him up right. You know, he's a good wrestler. He's real athletic. He's freaking a good striker. There's nothing this guy can't do. I mean, he's, he's one of those hybrid new MMA fighters. But he hasn't fought a guy like you yet, Darren. A lot of these guys, you know, you're the test, man. A guy that'll <laughs> four thousand times, but will still be there. Walking. Yeah. Forward. I mean, like there's so many guys out there, like the Chimaevs. Like, yeah, they're they're beating a lot of guys, but they haven't fought guys like Elkins. That after the first round, when the guy's still in front of you, or the second round, like what's gonna happen? How many yeah. how many guys do you think that you've broken in uh in like in uh the MMA in, in the UFC? A lot. I mean, I've had what twenty three. I mean. I probably broke at least uh, my probably all fifteen of them all my wins. I think I've, I've won mostly. I mean, maybe not. I got one knockout, so I'd say all but one of them in the UFC have been a battle of the will, a, a battle of me breaking the guy, me keeping the pace that they can't keep, and uh, just using my skill set and doing what I do. You know, I can keep a high, a high, uh, high pace. And I can, you know, I'm really good at wrestling and grappling. I just keep on coming forward over and over again. Yeah, I, I feel like my comedy career is a lot like your fighting career. Uh, just that's not good. Fighter. So all right, let's go. Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis this week. The Black Beast. Yeah. Curtis motherfucking Blades. Curtis uh, Blades, motherfucker. Like. What's up? Curtis Blades, Greg Wilson? I oh, think I like Curtis. I'm going with Blades. You know I'm on Team Blades. I started the Curtis Blades motherfucker chant. I love it. I'm I, Curtis <laughs> Blades, baby. Darren Elkins? I got Blades. I think he's going to outgrapple him. Don Fry? Yeah, I'll go with Blades too, man. I think he's got, he's got it better than one-liners anyways. <laughs> Uh, uh, Greg Fry, if you fought Curtis Blades or, Dar or uh, Derek Lewis, what would happen? Well, the first thing I'd do is I'd put a sledgehammer in my shorts. And then when I get out there, I'd sledgehammer in the face. That'd be the first thing I'd do. Then I'd eat a ham and egg sandwich. Okay, got it. Now, uh, my now Bob Sapp, <laughs> joined Fight, oh. join Fight Circus. Uh, I don't know if you saw Bob Sapp. Uh, he, he threatened uh, everybody. Uh, we have Bob Sapp here. We have Greg Sapp. Greg Sapp, how is Fight Circus? 
Oh man, that was ho ho ho. That was crazy. I mean, they tried to say I assaulted a person. Ho 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 ho. I haven't done that since I got caught kidnapping. That was wild the way that worked out. Ho 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 ho. Now, now who was that Asian girl that you were with? Was that your girlfriend or I don't know. I'd ordered a, a a number three to be delivered the wonton soup, and she just popped out of the bag. I didn't even. I had a side of side of little chimchong. I love it. Delicious. I, 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 oh. Thank thank you, Greg Fry. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith is fighting Devin Clark. Uh, Smith needs a win, please, Anthony Smith. Uh, he's he's got some rough clothes lately. I don't know. Ever since that guy broke into his house, uh, yeah. things rougher. Uh, I, I like Lionheart in this. You, Elkins. Yeah, Lionheart. Yeah, Smith. Uh, uh, Wean dog. I will. I'm gonna pick Devin Clark via decision. I think he's gonna outgrapple him. He might get submitted by Anthony Smith, but I'm just gonna pick the dominant wrestler in this fight. Yeah. And then uh, Don Fry. Partner, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> who is this like? Anthony Smith or Devin Clark? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You, you have know, to show wife, me a picture. I, I, uh, my my wife, I told her, I said, I don't want to go to the mountains because I don't think we get Wi-Fi for my podcast. The Wi-Fi is perfect, she said. It's, and, and now here we are. Uh, every other fucking <laughs> word is like broke. Yeah. Yeah. How bad no. is it going to be sound on the podcast, Joe? No, you're, me, your sound is fine. It'll be better in post-production. It's just a little bit quiet. It is bad Wi-Fi, though. <laughs> For sure. I, I feel like that's on purpose. I don't think... Uh... <laughs> I, I don't think they want you to be on the Wi-Fi the entire time you're in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're trying to get you to turn that shit off and go out and breathe some fresh air or some shit. Probably. We actually saw deer. deer. All right. So also on this card, uh, uh, Ashley Evan Smith, who has a podcast called uh, Fighting. What's it called? Sex and Violence. I have podcast. no idea. Let me look it up. I think it's called Sex and Violence. <laughs> Sex and violence. Uh, with Rebel Girl. That's funny because there's no difference in miles. <laughs> more viewers than Adams. <laughs> it's called Sex and Violence. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, do we want Sex and Violence together? I feel like that's. I don't know. I had a girl one time ask. Yeah. Hell yes. That's the best way it is. I don't know. Boring otherwise. Really? I'm starting starting one called Sex and Popeyes. (laughs) There you go. Food. I kind of feel like sex and violence should be somewhere else. I don't like to merge the two. I had a girl one time ask her to punch her in the face during sex, and I was like, no, I'll I'll give you a noogie or something, but I, I can't deal with the fucking punching people. Uh, Elkins, I mean, you being a fighter, do you, your wife is like a nice woman. You, you don't, you know, have sex and violence at the same time, right? I'm a little, I mean, me, a little bit of choking or something like that, but nothing crazy, dude. You know what I mean? Like, the last thing I need is a little violence in my life. I'll be bleeding all of everywhere. I'll be blood, everything. <laughs> 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 you get up enough in the ring, you don't, you don't need it in the bed, huh? Yeah, I don't 
I mean, like I said, I'm a bleeder, so there'll be blood, fucking sex, it'll be calm, fucking everything. Yeah, but you know what? Since you guys are fighters, does it, does it, have you found that women that are into that are attracted to you guys? Like, have you, have, have you seen like women coming up to you wanting that kind of action? My wire since high school. I can't tell you, I can't tell you that. Oh, okay. Wow, that's good for you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, what about met- you, Don? You've gone through thousands. I, don't know. I want to hear Don's story. Greg, he actually met his wife in high school, but he was 30. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was the substitute uh, teacher that day. <laughs> 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 she was in high school. He was in the high school. Right, of course. Got it. Uh, uh, Don, what about you? Do you have girls that like violence during sex? Hell, I don't know. They all put their false teeth on the cupboard next to the bed before they get in there. You know, so. Wait, how many? Wait, all the women have false teeth? <laughs> well, not completely false, you know. But only, you know, shit. Some of them have bridges. Stop <laughs> <laughs> How old are these women, Don, that you're banging? <laughs> oh, fuck. They're, they're good looking. I mean, geez. You meet them down there at the bingo hall. You know, I mean, if they win, well, then shit, then they're paying for the, you know, they're paying for the uh, uh, the taxi cab ride home. Of course. There you go. What a, what a, what a gentleman. Uh, uh, Wing Doug, I know that you've liked, uh, you've held knives up to girls during sex. Uh, you, you, you put a gun to one of their heads, but it wasn't loaded, right? No, not at all. Okay. Unless you asked me to load it, I would have loaded it. Oh, oh that's very nice of you. Uh, so, so you're more into violence with girls? No, not really. I mean, it's all their preference. You know, I like to please the woman before myself because I, you know, I end stuff very quickly for myself. So I want to make sure that her stuff is finished (laughs) before my stuff. And if she wants, if she gets off from like having a gun pointed to her head or being whipped with a a whip that has blades on the end of it. Sure. I don't give a shit. You know, my, my bed and my covers is already disgusting as it is. I don't care if there's blood on my sheets or anything like that. So it's no big deal. Can I tell you guys a horrible story really quickly? <laughs> one time I one time I, I brought this girl home and we went into my room. This is in New York. And we go into my room and, and uh, I pull the blanket back and there was blood on the bed from a different girl the night before. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and I and I saw it and I quickly threw the blanket off and turned off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I know you're married now, but back in your day, did you, have, did you have girls that wanted violence with you? Did I just tell the story? What is it? Uh, aside from the blood, I mean, did, like the girls that like like you know, choke them or punch them or no? Because let's be honest, they could probably they knew they could probably kick my ass. So <laughs> girl, girls that went home with me were not expecting that kind of dominance. They were expecting, you know what they were expecting? They were expecting a little bit more cocaine. That's what they're expecting. And God bless them, they got it. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, like, like, you know, like, like Elkins wants dominance, your girls want dominoes. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, all right. Uh, now, uh, so yeah. So, and also on this card, Rachel Ostovich, who's uh, four and five, but is so hot, I feel like she can go four and 30 and they'll still keep her. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she might be the hottest. See a photo. I got Put up a photo guys. for Let's see a photo, man. Yeah, she's hot, dude. I'm looking at her right now. She is smoke. She's a smoke show. You know, we throw a photo up, Rachel Osovich. Oh, she's yeah. the mom, too. Uh, and she oh, you just ruined it. <laughs> she's over here. She's smoke. Oh, my. Oh, no. Um, there we go. Beautiful. Big old titties. Oh, so they, yep. That's Rachel Osovich. Beautiful Hawaiian. Let me type in Rachel Ostovich ass. Her, her, uh, her, her... <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, God. Uh, her dad was a fighter. Her dad fought uh, in Hawaii. Bob. Oh, my. So, yes, this is Rachel Ostovich. Whoa. Nice. So, yeah, I don't feel like she's getting cut anytime soon. Where's Austin Vanderford and Paige Van Zandt? Yes, that's a little strange. Okay, okay. I'm getting an erection. I'm going to end this. By the way, Paige Van Zandt posted a. <laughs> Austin Vanderford posted a picture where someone did a Paige Van Zandt and Conor McGregor liked it. Uh, so now everyone says that McGregor's moving in on Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> and then Austin actually posted a picture of him drinking uh, whatever, uh, proper 12, like come and get it or something. So uh, good support by Austin. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take the money. Well, listen, Elkins, who, who are you fighting next? Want to fight Cron Gracie? That's I mean the, the last couple of times they've been uh, trying to get us a match up, and uh, you know they said that he was all I think he was either hurt or he just moved or something like that. But they said he'd be back in February, so I'm gearing up for Cron. He, I'm hoping he signs on the bottom line this time, and we fight for this one. I like that, Cron Gracie. Uh, no, but he's coming off a loss, the Cub Swanson, and you're coming off a win. Yeah, but. I mean, he's come off a loss, and they still do that. I mean, I fight – the last few fights I had before this, I had a loss, and they gave me somebody who won. I had a loss, and gave me somebody who won. You know what I mean? The last, this is the last guy that I had that had a loss other than me. So, I mean, they do that. And that's when uh, I was talking to Sean Shelby about but He thought – he said, hey, we'll get you a fight in between. And everything goes well, we'll, fight, we'll get the crown fight later on. So, I hope he's still on board with that. I like it. Well, listen. Okay. Well, especially since you're the one, you're the one coming off the win, and if you want the fight, then yeah, they should they should give you the fight. I think it's a good fight. I mean, I think it's an entertaining fight. I mean, he's a great grappler. I mean, obviously jujitsu, freaking black belt, you know, world class. I'm a great grappler myself. We both like to you know slug it out. So I think it'd be a very entertaining fight, and I don't see why would they wouldn't do it. I love it. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for coming on the. Show. And uh, have a good uh, thing. Wait, I have one last question for you, Darren. I have one last question for you. How many, I'm not, regardless of what the contract says, how many more fights do you think you still have in you? Do you have a number in mind or are you just going to keep going until you feel like that's the last fight? Yeah, I'm kind of just going fight by fight. You know, I'm, I'm uh, 23 fights in my UFC career now. Um, I'm 36 years old. I'm hoping, you know, I mean, two, maybe two more years of what I'm shooting for, but I'm going to take it, you know, a health, everything like that. And it right, right. right now, you know, when you get to this, this many fights, you've been around as long as I have, you, I don't want to be like a set number and then hurt myself or get really extremely hurt for something that I wasn't really ready for, you know, right on. But well, I'm stay safe, to- brother. Definitely want you to stay safe. You know, you're incredible. You're you're a legend. You know, so definitely like seeing you go out on wins. 100%. Yeah. 
And I love seeing you and the family. Like uh, you're a big family man, man. And it's really yes. nice. And, and give you and give uh, your wife my best. And happy Thanksgiving, Darren. All right, we'll do. You too. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Take care. Peace. Darren, I'll give Heck of a guy, heck of a fighter, man. But yeah, he's, I mean, you know, I mean, like he said, he's fought a lot of fights. I think he's got a, a great sense of it, of where he's at. And, you know, that, that uh, he'll pull the plug when it's right. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a fucking murderer. That's a guy, that's the kind of guy that if you're going to war, you'd want him on your side. Yeah. Like, he'll just keep going. There's something about that guy. Like, no, Fry's the same way. Darren's the same way. Uh, Don Fry. I mean, Don Fry might be the toughest human being on the planet. You know, I, I mean, the guy joined K1, fought a world champion. Listen, then- you have to be the toughest human being on the planet to wear that shirt. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got one on you, Donnie. I got one on you. <laughs> so, uh, Joaquin Buckley, who, uh, looks what's your address? Buckley, Ah, here I knew. <laughs> I ain't telling you my address. I'll give you Adam's address. <laughs> his wife already gave me his address. Oh, oh, oh. He's pitching heat today, folks. You better watch out. It's Thanksgiving week, fucking Don Fry. So Joaquin, who had that great flying kick, yeah. he, uh, he's actually still working at Walgreens. Yeah. So he, he says he's still working. At, he goes, after winning back-to-back $50,000 bonuses, uh, doesn't matter. So he, he actually came to my show last week. Nice guy. Size so UFC, they're giving me these checks. I don't have a business of my own. I got to keep working. Keep That's that smart. Work. Holding down a job. It's called yeah, life. A business for himself. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. At the same time, you're like, man, that's, that's weird. Well, and it seems like now fighting is his career. It seems like he would take that money and invest it into full-time training. You know, I mean, unless unless it seems like he could do full-time training and still keep this job. Is that possible? I mean, I think he—he's at the level now where he has to be a full-time fighter. Yeah. Uh, the guys that keep getting better. I mean, honestly, the Beverly Hills Ninja, the guy that he fought, uh, yeah. great story, great this, but I kind of knew he was in trouble. Uh, that Joaquin Buckley was going to beat him. You know, I yeah. kind of knew he wasn't ready for that level, that that step up. Uh, the, the PFL has passed on Anderson Silva. Wow. So I think it might be time for him to, to hang it up. Um, I still say fight circus, baby. I think he has a successful career ahead of him if he goes to fight circus. I mean, Anderson Silva versus like 10 midgets. Let's do it. I'd love to see that. <laughs> what, he's 46. Like, yeah. What, what more do we have to prove? Um, yeah, especially when he has that kind of name value. You got to wonder if they didn't do it out of, you know, some kind of liability problem, you know? They're like, hey, you can get us in a lot of trouble with our insurance. So we're going to let you go. Now, the Mike Tyson Roy Jones fight, I don't understand. Why can't they just have a fight? Why do they have to go by these rules? But, like, what, what kind of rules are these? Like, we don't want him to get hurt? It's Mike Tyson and, like, and fucking Roy Jones. Like, isn't it too late for that? Like, we don't want him to get hurt. They're the toughest yeah. guys in the world, the professional boxers. They've knocked out 
Tyson's been to jail. Like, what? Now we're now we don't want him to get. It's not a three year old. Uh, like, this is Mike fucking Tyson. And we're about his safety. Like, what are we doing here? Like, and you look at the training videos that he's doing, and it doesn't look like he's training to not knock him out. Well, that's people are like, well, Tyson's not going to listen to the rules. Will they be wearing? Will they be wearing uh, COVID mask and the COVID face shield too? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it makes no sense. Somebody it really said, is outrageous. Uh, somebody said, well, they didn't say no ear biting. Uh, so that's <laughs> what if these are the only rules? Like you can still kick and bite and scratch. Like you just can't do these things. I, I bet yeah. if somebody bleeds, it's over. What? Who's gonna stop this? Uh, that's gonna be the most hated person on the planet. Or if somebody gets knocked down, they lose. So you lost the fight because I knocked the guy down in a boxing match. Like none of it means. None of it makes any sense. I, I feel like this is gonna be the worst event to make fifty million dollars ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've lost fucking minds. You know, this is just proof of it. You know, we've we've completely been feminized. You know, when they feminize a Mike Tyson fight, you know, you know, we're we're fucking gone. I think you may have a point. I think uh... I don't know if those are the words I would have chosen. But uh, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely is a point. Your point, I think, is absolutely valid. I mean, and they're doing it to the NFL too, the way they don't want you to hit anybody or tackle anybody. You have to figure out where you know you have like from here to here. You can hit them now. I mean, there there is something to be said for for the. It's like it's like you, you know what you're signing up for when you get into the arena. You know. Now, Don, if is there anything they can't stand for the national anthem? Don, is there anything you do that's not manly? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I just can't think of it. <laughs> uh, even, even when I play my Barbie doll. Even when I play my Barbie dolls, it's manly. That's, yeah, well. how, how, do you, how do you have manly playing Barbie? Like, what do you make them do? You do Barbie he, tell, he shows Barbie what sex and violence is all about. <laughs> my Barbie doll, my Barbie dolls, you know, they have strap ons. <laughs> Wait, so the Barbies are fucking each other with strap ons? <laughs> yeah, they have strap ons and they, they rape Ken, you know. <laughs> rape Ken. That's the Don Fry way. Uh, they reap the G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> how, is, how, is how is Ken getting raped manly? I mean, like, how is that? Like, that's man. Like, you, you wait, you've had a girl banging with a strap on? Man, you're really over fucking thinking this shit. You know that? <laughs> you have nothing else. <laughs> some squirrels in the mountains. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Go throw rocks and squirrels. Go find some pine cones. Paint them. Do some shit. Do some outdoor shit. Do yeah, some mountain fuck. shit. I can say that like, you, you make Barbies wear strap-ons <laughs> and fuck the guys and say that's manly. Have a pine cone up your ass. what's manly about that. Okay, all right. <laughs>
Nobody, nobody does. Nobody's supposed to, you fucking numb nut. Jeez. Oh, of course. Sorry, 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 oh, Doc. Maybe Rosie O'Donnell, but I, 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 Rosie O'Donnell would know, yeah. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, All right, well, so McGregor Poirier got signed. Uh, it's official. January. Uh, I think McGregor's going to win this fight. I want Poirier to win the fight. I, I, I'm rooting for Poirier. I love Poirier, but I don't know, man, uh, about this one. Uh, Don. Yeah, I got the same feeling. I like Poirier. I mean, fuck, he's the toughest guy in the trailer park, right? Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, Connor, even though Connor fights once a year, he still leaps and bounds above other people. And the thing is, he's smart enough to be in the position to where. He could choose his opponents, and he chooses them for the reason that you know he could beat them. Mm, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone except for the champion. He can't choose the champion because they're the champion. But everyone who's not Khabib. Like, right. Uh, but he, he makes so much fucking money, he doesn't need to fight for the championship belt. You know, hell. Uh, Greg Wilson. And they don't need him having – they would lose money. By having him as a champion, you know. Well, right now there is because, no yeah, right. But but if Connor's a champion, they would lose money because you know they've got a fucking million dollar fighter in Connor without the belt, and then they got a million dollar uh, fighter as a champ. And if they right. combine the two, well, then they're out dollars. Well, because if he's not the champ, they could pick more high profile fights. Uh, versus the champ, he has to fight the number one contender who might not be uh, who might not be as entertaining. Is that what you're saying? Jeez, let me get a chalkboard and draw it out for you, kid. <laughs> I don't think. See, I think I think Connor getting to pick his fight. Yeah, I, I mean, he thinks. I think Connor thinks he's picking somebody that he can just beat, but I think this much time off cannot be good for your game to not have a warm-up fight and then go in against a guy like Dustin Poirier. I think it's actually a huge miscalculation on the part of Connor McGregor, and I think Poirier beats him up pretty good. I hope so. I hope so. I, just I think agree. Poirier gets hit a lot. Poirier gets hit a lot, and Connor just hits harder than everybody else. But he's out of tune, man. You got to be, he, he needed a tune-up fight before getting back in there with an animal like Dustin Poirier, in my opinion. You don't think Cowboy Cerrone was a tune-up fight? All he's, got, all he's got to do is go to a fucking bar for a tune-up fight. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. If we hear about one, we'll know that he got it in. Uh, Wean Dog, who wins this fight? Yeah, it only cost him a couple millions for it, too. You know, so shit. Exactly. Well, I think, write that check. I think Dustin is more hungry for success at this point. I think Connor is just fighting to stay in the limelight. Um, I think the UFC is going to have to make this fight for the title. I know they're still holding on to the possibility that Khabib will come back and maintain his title, but they have to make this fight for the title, in my opinion. But as for the result of the actual fight, I think Dustin, he for sure has more tools in his belt uh, or under his belt. Um, Connor, I mean, the game plan to beat him is 
it's kind of out there. And Dustin is a great uh, grappler. He's great at jujitsu. And I think, you know, he learned from his mistakes in the first fight. But damn, if he gets clipped, it could be over. But I think he has to do more than just strike with Conor McGregor to win this fight. And I think he will do that. We don't think he's a great grappler, but not against. But that, but he doesn't. He's not a great wrestler. Like it's. I mean, he's a great grappler once he's already on the on the on the, the floor. But getting Conor to the ground could be a problem. But do you think he's a better wrestler than Conor McGregor? I think they're probably both even. You know, where guys like Khabib, uh, who just took him down and beat him up, that was different. You know, mm-hmm. um, Nate Diaz like made him tired. Uh, and sort of just like out toughed him, uh, but Chad Mendez sort of laid the game plan on how to beat him. He was able to kind of take him down, and he was just too small. And he gasped. Oh, if he's gonna be able to, like, almost, almost think that Michael Chandler would be better, except for Chandler's chin might might get fucking like it was a little bit. I don't know how good his chin is. Yeah, who the fuck is Michael Chandler gonna fight? Is he? It, it has to be Justin Gaethje, right? Because he's turning down all these fights and. That's like the only person left for him to fight is Justin Gaethje. Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's fighting Charles Oliveira oh. on UFC 256. Oh. Which was a great fight. That is a great fight. I love Almost that. the same fight. fighter, you know? I was going to say the same thing. Exactly. They're very similar. Gonna, that's a war, baby. They're going to lose a couple layers on that one. Well, listen. So, uh, Greg, what do you have coming up? Uh, a lot of turkey. Uh, with a little bit of brisket and a bunch of mashed potatoes, baby. I'm looking forward to a really wonderful, relaxing Thanksgiving weekend. Go Cowboys! Let's get that win on Thursday. Beat them lousy football team. Used to be Redskin motherfuckers. What's the name? What's the name of your of your podcast? Uh, Fantasy football, harsh reality. Got it. Got it. Got it. And uh, Window, what do you have coming up? Go subscribe to the Joe Press Show on YouTube and go watch me eat a hot ass tortilla chip. <laughs> literally yes Don, what do you have coming up anything we can see you i, I don't you have that interview on like oh. yeah bad tv i got a couple good looking blondes coming up and then a hot redhead <laughs> too boy. So, uh... what a life all right well listen my special <laughs> december 18th um you can see my whole calendar at adamhunter.com uh thank you guys so much and you guys are the best have a happy thanksgiving you guys happy thanksgiving you guys we'll see you next week take care